home of the stars, through the airwaves and on the big screen. Coming to you live from Hollywood, it's Rated G Radio with your host, Garrett Miller. Hey, well, here we are. We are now in the June 2020 when you were celebrating on New Year's Eve or over the holiday season back in December. Did you ever in a million years think 2020 would be the year that it's turning into be? I sure did not. At the end of 2019, I was spending time with a couple of very good friends by the name of PJ Colando and her husband, Larry. And we're going to talk about what we were doing in December before all of this started in just a couple of minutes. PJ Colando, award-winning author, humorist, um, kind of a local legend here in Orange County. She'll be our guest tonight. We're just going to talk about life and have fun, and uh, we'll enjoy bringing PJ on in just a couple of minutes. What are you thinking about the social relaxation of stuff? Here in Orange County, at least where I'm at here in Huntington Beach, you would think that nothing has ever, ever happened. Um, no masks, you know, very it, rarely. I guess you know, I'd have to go shopping a little bit more to see what it's like inside the stores. But um, when I go to Costco or to Ralph's and do my grocery shopping, it is really, um, you know, kind of back to normal, except now everybody's got a sneeze guard and a, um, you know, face mask on in the store now outside of the store, you know, or just walking around the neighborhood uh, again, you'd never in a million years know that, you know, three weeks ago, everyone would give you the death stare if you didn't have your mask on, but that's the case. Um, Hey, um, everybody, we'll talk about all kinds of stuff, but you know, I want to have somebody to talk about stuff with, and I'd really enjoy celebrating uh, my good friend, uh, board winning author, PJ Colando. She's our guest tonight. PJ, welcome to the show. How are you? Why? Thank you for the welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Yay. I'm having trouble hearing you. I'm going to see if I need to adjust my – I was having a little microphone meltdown before the show. Let's see if that changes anything. How's that? Can you hear me better now, PJ? I can hear you better. Can you hear me better? Um, it's like a little bit of both. So maybe we're both better. Well, I know I'm better anytime maybe I get I, to hang out with you. you yeah, putting uh, being on speaker will we'll, we'll work really poorly doing this tonight. So if we just have you back on the phone or your AirPods, that's um, that's the way to go. Okay. There we go. Can you, okay. We'll do a Verizon ad. Can you hear me now? I can. Oh my gosh, I can totally hear you now. Do we get a residual check? <laughs> from oh yeah well i don't know somebody who would like to give us a check i mean you know we'll talk to verizon we'll talk to one of the wireless carriers i don't care i'm sure it'll cash did you get um did you get a check from the did you get a stimulus check um i did and you know the funny thing is that um well i don't know if it's funny but this is the way it played out last year and the year before i did not file electronically and i don't really know why other than it just didn't happen and so um, when I did my taxes this year, the, I, for the first time in a very long time, I was able to go and actually have my taxes done. And um, I forgot to bring something. And so the guy just printed it out and said, yeah, just go home and throw a stamp on it and send it in. So since I didn't file it electronically, um, when everybody starts going, hey, did you get your check? Did you get your check? My answer was like, no, I have no idea. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you think you're being scammed, but 
I went to the IRS website and it was amazingly easy to sign up to put in my information, my banking information. I thought I'm either going to um, have all of the money in my account, about all eight cents of it withdrawn by somebody in, you know, like one of those, um, you know, email things that you get. Oh, if you give us all of your information, you are going to get $800 million. (laughs) I I thought for sure this is exactly what's going to happen, but I just kind of like put my faith in God. And, um, yeah, so it showed up uh, probably about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I was very, you know, very grateful. It came at a good time. So how about you guys? Did you get your money? We did about two, two weeks ago and, um, it immediately paid my MasterCard bill. That is a very nice thing. <laughs> so we, yeah, I, it, 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 if there, were, if there was a way for me to say, you know what, I'm doing okay right now. I don't really need it. I, Probably would have done it, but it, you know, you're going to give me twelve hundred bucks. I'll take that twelve hundred dollars. You know, we had the same frame of mind. You know, well, I we would go. have donated it to charity, but my charity was Mastercard. You know, mine was. Um, well, mine will actually be spent next week. I get to take Bill to the vet and have because I just spent three hundred and something odd dollars on blood work because you know the vet didn't tell me don't you know ask for the moon. Um, and then he's going to have a, a teeth cleaning. And so I'm going to spend my stimulus check on getting his teeth clean. Now, if I can get four, three other stimulus checks, I can get the other dog's teeth taken care of this year. So uh, your money is going to the dog. My, <laughs> uh, that was a laugh. There you go. Yes, PJ. Larry, my money just, is Larry just gave me the sign. Larry, who uh, will remain silent, just gave me the sign. Pick it up, PJ. Big enough, VJ. No, no. Okay, so, well, I have, can I, can we actually spend a few minutes talking about your delightful husband? Well, absolutely. He okay. he is the best man alive. He is the he, he is the best man alive. He is a honestly he is a great guy. Um, he is a great guy. How did you two meet? Oh my God, Larry. He wants to know how we met. Okay, before there was internet, back in the dark ages, uh, before there were dating sites, we met at the beer keg at a party. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. What, do you remember well, you know what why? music was playing? Because my husband, my husband is very clever. If you want to meet everyone at the party, you stand at the beer keg with uh, with the host. Yeah, well, that's true. And you and you scan the crowd, and everybody eventually comes over to get more beer from the keg. It's just, it's a great story. Do you, you remember what music remember. was playing? Uh, it was a party. I, I don't think I heard the music because I might have been a little loaded. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, well, and was it love at first sight when you laid eyes on each other? You know what? Um, I don't. Both of us, uh, I can remember every detail about how he looked, and he can remember everything, everything. So um, we probably wouldn't put it in that kind of mushy language because it's not our style, but that's totally what happened. Oh, my gosh. So how many years have you been married now? God, 44. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. That's amazing. It was, it was Thursday. 
your anniversary? Yeah. Well, happy anniversary, girl. Yeah. And, and Larry. Happy anniversary, Larry. <laughs> so what did you guys do to celebrate? Um, we, oh my gosh, we are so lucky that we're out of quarantine because we went out to lunch with a couple of friends and we didn't have to wear masks. Wow. Um, it was great because it's hard to eat, you know, in a mask. Yeah, well, and, yeah. uh, we had, we had a personal chef deliver our dinner. Oh my gosh. Well, where did you go to lunch? And then I want to know about your dinner. Bagels and brew. Okay. It's, um, in Lake Forest is it? It's kind of like a fam- famous hub um, of that locale, and our friends live oh. near there. Okay, very nice. And so what they did you have catered they in? They didn't buy, though. Pardon me? What, what did you have catered in for dinner? Um, um, this guy, for $15 a meal, um, we had, remind me there, um, enchiladas, baked enchiladas, uh, fresh um, Caesar salad only, his own special Caesar dressing that you mix, you know, here. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, tre leche cake uh, with um, real whipped cream with cinnamon. Hmm, gosh, that was so long ago, I can't remember. But it, it was so- awesome. Because nobody had to cook, and um, we didn't go fancy, but we did. $15 a person, you can't beat it. You can't go to any restaurant, and he made it that day. I I was just going to say, for 15 bucks, sign me up. And I'm the cheapest person, at least that I, I know on a regular basis. That's a great deal. Yeah, but yeah. but he um, he only, we live in Irvine, and he only stays in our area. Because we started um, handing out his name, and it was no, no. No. <laughs> he, he used to do um, big corporate dinners in the okay. corporate world. Like, you know, if you had a big fancy company and you're going to have a meeting with all the uh, um, shareholders or the board, you, he'd come in and make it all look ab fab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You tend but to only know that, a lot of ab fab people. <laughs> well, um, we're lucky. Our um, our financial advisor guy paid for the first one because you know we're special. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was tongue, so, tongue in cheek, but you can't hear that, can you? Or see it. Well, no. I, well, I think if, if we were doing a Zoom show tonight, that would be even more fun. But here we are tonight, just on on lowly radio. You know what? We are we are really grateful, by the way, because I so have Zoom fatigue. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah. I don't know how people do it because. You know, I'll have people, let's Zoom or let's Skype. And it's like, you know, I've got really bad lighting where I sit. Unless it's just at the right hour and the right minute, I'm not going to do that because, you know, I like to control my press. And I would look absolutely horrific. No, there's no way. It's true. There's no way you'd look horrific. Well, you know, we're all all our own worst critics. So, yeah. Enough enough about Zoom. 
enough about Zoom. They have their own, you know, billions they're making this week. So the last time I saw you and Larry, it was back in December, and it was probably one of the most fun things I have done since moving to California. I can agree. You, can you take December us back 31st. to that? Yeah. Okay. So tell us all about what was going on and why you did what you did. Well, um, we have been longtime volunteers in decorating Rose Parade floats. It is, it's better than being at the parade because in the parade you're distant. You can't smell the flowers. You can't see uh, the tubs and tubs and tubs and tubs of flowers that are in this huge warehouse. And it was, it was amazing. And the last time I saw you, you were like 5,000 feet in the air decorating a bull's butt. It was, um, Am I right? Yeah. What, okay. Well, can I, <laughs> can I tell everybody, you know, PJ just has this sixth sense about knowing when to reach out and just saying hi. And it was I don't even remember, but it was a couple of weeks before the event, I think. He says, hey, you know, we would really like to go do this. We'd like you to go along. And I said, this is like, this is something really crazy. But of course, it's, you know, PJ and Larry. So it will totally be fun. Absolutely. Um, but I really had no concept of what was going to happen. And I just, I took a leap and I took the day off yes. of work and said, yes. I'm going to go do this. And so yes. it. What time in the morning did I have to meet you? Blair, what time did we have to meet? Was it like, oh, dark 30? Yeah, oh, dark 30. We can't it say that out loud because Oh, dark 30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So legitimately, I think I had to get up at like 3 or 3.30 in the morning, get ready, <laughs> at, drive over to Irvine and meet in some clandestine high school parking lot. And then I climbed into their... Um, you know, like a crossover SUV. And we drove up to Pasadena, California, of all places. Imagine that for the Rose Parade. And it gets kind of chilly that time of year, even though we have the sun shining and it's nice. But, you know, cold is cold. I don't care where you're at. Same as hot's hot. But um, so we get up there. I mean, it take, takes us a while to get there. And I what, um, probably have to be there. What time did we have to report in? Like 7? So our, we're there probably our, by... Um, our shift started at 8. At 8. O'clock okay. in the morning. So we managed to get up there by, you know, like, I would say at least an hour ahead of time. Because, you know, just you never know the traffic and all of that. Went and got a cup of coffee over at McDonald's. You know what? There was none because it was like New Year's Eve early that day. Yeah, it was like way early. But you don't know that. And, you know, you're trying to be a responsible volunteer and be there on time. So what do you do? You, you go early so you don't get caught up. Um, but it was, it, it was the wildest thing. We go, um, and there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people there. Um, you know, and they were coming in waves. Um, a lot of them were, well, didn't we run into like a lot of uh, school kids that were there? Yeah, they liked the teeny boppers because... They're the ones who are willing to go up high. So obviously our um, float captain thought of you as a teeny bopper, a teenage guy, because you're the one who got up high. While Larry and I spent all day <laughs> putting white rice and black rice that made the sign for the Cowboy Network. First float. 
And it, it, it was really quite, I, I think, you know, I've seen parades over the years. Um, I don't think I've ever really understood the magnitude of what goes into just a yeah. single float, let alone, oh, yeah. you know, the, the entire parade, because to complete, let's just, and we're not even talking about like the construction of the paper mache and, you know, getting the base layers of paint and all of that down. But just the actual decoration of each individual float can, for the Cowboy Channel float that we were working on that day, do you have a, even like a best guess just from the time we were there, PJ, for our eight hours, um, how many people were actually working on that single float? And there were dozens of floats in that, that warehouse. Yeah. You know what? We ha- it takes a lot of focus to put on granules of white rice and black rice onto the glue that you paint on first, I'm telling you. No, I don't. But it's it's a huge bond, and there were probably a dozen floats, all of them um, huger than they look on TV, longer, bigger, bigger, you know, better, all of it. It's just I would recommend it to anyone. It, it arguably was an amazing day, and you got to meet a lot of people from all over the country, uh, in some cases mm-hmm. over the world, who were coming in to participate mm-hmm. in the parade and doing the decorations. And, you know, uh, generationally, I think this is, and I'll ask you about the organization that you were there representing, but generationally, there were a lot of families that were there that had, you know, the younger kids, yeah. mom and dad, grandparents yeah. and great-grandparents, and they would come together as a family during this holiday time and, um, you know, volunteer, you know, a day of well, some of them were there several days in a row, but at least volunteering for the day um, to decorate these floats. And what you see on TV, the detail, goodness gracious, you know, I thought I, I worked really, really hard that day. And I realized at the end of the day, um, I think the majority of my responsibility, PJ, was to work on the cow or the spear that the cowboy well, was, was on. Well, bull because they had a, a real bull, bull sorry. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. And in my eight hours of, of gluing and pasting and applying, I looked at the final products. We had friends that went to the parade and got to actually see that. And I don't know what they did after I left, but I can tell you a, a million dollar bet that when I left, I thought, oh, this looks great. It's going to be fantastic. No, the end result looked fantastic. What I did was, I think, um, you know, polite of them to let me do. But the fact is that um, at the end of it, um, there was still a ton of detail work that went into just having it be absolutely perfect for the few seconds that's going to appear on camera. Yep. I have to tell you the backstory of why I um, helped to decorate the float. I rode um, a float in 2003. Oh, wow. How did that happen? Oh, wow. Um, huh. Is, is kind of a Garrett way. Um, a community service organization I was involved in had a float for the first time. And in order to raise money, they sold raffle tickets at $10 oh. each. Okay? So PJ, who sold the most Girl Scout cookies, who sold the most whatever <laughs> her whole life, sold the most raffle tickets. And what I did was convince all the people around here who don't really care about the rose. I'm from the Midwest where the float is a big deal. Uh It is a big deal, okay? And the other thing is my family 
my parents were kind to everybody's in-laws, and they celebrated the family Christmas together on New Year's Day. So oh. I was highly motivated to um, I raised three thousand dollars worth of ten dollars wow. raffle tickets, and of course, I stuffed the raffle drum. <laughs> My name got chosen. So there's that. well, you know, there is that. And I got that to started... wave to my family. I got to wave to my family on on TV. They were all watching. Everybody in the Midwest was watching. And I, the cameraman, I was right at, right at the corner, at the, at the street level almost. And the cameraman, had, I was blowing bubbles. I should say that. I did not do a float queen wave. I blew bubbles. And... Um, the cameraman put the camera right, handheld camera right on my face, and I said, "Happy oh my gosh. the world!" To the world. You're the bubble queen of California. That's awesome. And what was the, okay? So, what does the work? What did the money do for the organization that you're raising it for? How did that? How did that help them? And why has that still been important for you all these years later? Well. Um, Honestly, what's really important is my my dad is really involved in the Lions Club, and every okay. year they had a float. And so my underlying reason, honestly, is he used to tease me mercifully, mercifully, is where's your organization's float? And so I got to say, here's our float, Dad. And there I you go. <laughs> I bet he was very proud of you. You know what? I, I don't know because uh, my dad was a dad, and you don't say anything, especially right, if right. you're a little burned up because, uh-huh. my dad, here's the quote. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm on it, you know, right here on national TV. Yeah, so Oh, my goodness. Say. Yeah. So hey, do you want to talk about you since then? I know. Well, so you know, we – what have you done for me lately? Um, well, I've just been hard at work. I, I mean, I love what I do and all of that, but it does not afford, um, even though we have a good life, work, quality, balance, all that, um, I'm in it to make money. And so if you're there to make money, you don't really take a lot of time off. So I am grateful for where I'm at. Busy, busy, busy. And even during all of this, we were deemed essential. So while they um, cut oh, off direct wow. public contact, they would still have us go in, answer emails and calls, and then wave at people behind the locked glass door and wave at them like we were inside of a zoo. Um, and, you know, now that's changing a, a tiny little bit. But, you know, it's been the last six months. Good. So, you know, right. yeah. And you, just in t- you were nearby very recently for a, like a book launch or some type of a book party here in Huntington Beach. What, did, um, can you refresh me? Because we were going to try to meet up and go walk on the beach, but timing just didn't happen. Oh, you know what? That was somebody else's, and we're not going to talk about him. He doesn't need the publicity. I do. Oh, we're not. Well, that's fine. But I, I'm just excited <laughs> you were here, and I'm sorry that I got I'm didn't teasing. you know run into you guys. I'm teasing. Yeah. So, um, I did a couple of things um, that are book related for me during the time we've seen each other. Number one, I um, I had an agent request a partial manuscript. A wow. New York agent, which is, is the mecca of publishing. 
And so I queried her, which is writing a formal letter, and sent her the manuscript um, via email, which is the way. And I thought, what the heck? I looked up um, a few other New York agents, and I emailed them all. Uh, that was the end of February, early March, and bada bing, New York became the epicenter of the coronavirus. Oh my gosh. I was too afraid to even follow up whether they got my manuscripts. In all, I got four rejections, so now I'm just going to indie publish my book. Well, I love that. Well, you know, because it's been done since December. So, you know, you just want to move on. Plus, I needed to fill the time because we're, we're, not, we're not employed. It's okay. We don't need to be. I'm, we're not into boredom. So, so the book is called The Jailbird's Jackpot. And where does this pick up in your series? Um, this is book four. It's probably the last one. The Jailbird's Jackpot. So what? Okay, so the last time um, I really had a chance to sit and visit with you was not on the show, but we were talking about your last award-winning book called The Winter Circle, and that's still doing yeah. gangbusters everywhere. So how did you get inspired after finishing that um, success to go on to the Jailbird Jackpot? You know what? That's a good question. That's a very good question. That's a that was a last minute decision uh, thought before I published The Winner's Circle, before my publisher uh, it went to print. Okay. Um, I kind of set up a storyline that the winner of, of the half a billion dollar lottery uh, wasn't the only winner, that she didn't Ooh. get the half a billion. She got half of a half billion, which is still a chunk of change. Um, and then it, so I set that up. And then it occurred to me immediately, um, there's a, a badass character from the very first book that hadn't been heard from in five years. So I made her the other winner. <gasps> and um, <laughs> so, but here's what happened. On an in, she's in, in the penitentiary because um, she did something somewhat nefarious. Actually, she didn't do it. Her boyfriend... The, the the pot dealer uh, set her up for the fall, so she went to prison for 10 years. Oh, that wasn't very nice. No, so she gets out on good behavior at five, and she is hell-bent on getting revenge on that guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And on the very first day out, she's headed to from uh, the penitentiary, and, and they, I look this up. They give you some money in the state of Michigan when you get out of their penitentiary. And so she does not use uh, the money for a bus ride to, up to his place, which is all the way up the state in Traverse City. She hitches a ride with a trucker and on impulse buys a $1 lottery ticket. <gasps> Walks into his bar and, of course, their eyes meet. And they, you know, just, anyway, it's a bar. He owns a bar. So um, he's at the bar, and he sees on the big screen in every bar, there's a big screen or five or ten, 
The lottery numbers are pulled. And she's, oh, my God, I have the winning ticket. So she immediately leaves, steals a Coke (laughs) before she leaves and goes outside and and has her own little celebration. Because she can't, you don't really win until you get the um, ticket verified. So it's just, it's a great setup, I think. And so this is the Jailbird jackpot. So we're going to find out all about the characters. You also, how did you also have a chance to put together a second character book? You've got a new uh, blog collection oh. called "I Am a Quarantine Survivor." Oh, thank you for remembering. Thank you. Well, I'm a writer, but um, it's very mean to think about the madness in the world. I mean, there was such fright. And even though we didn't have to go anywhere and, um, you know, I didn't feel safe anytime, any place, anything. And so I started writing out those feelings and all I could ever manage were blog posts, which is about 300 or 350 words. I couldn't write anything long. I just it, it took forever to even do that. And I usually am a very speedy, just get it out, get it down, um, edit it a couple of times, and we're done, bada bing. But I just, I was, I don't know, I think a lot of us were frozen. Where did this come from? Why did this happen? Who did this? You know, how can I help? I mean, there, there was no answer anywhere. So it came to me that what I could do with that is I have about 30 blog posts to a week um, while we were on lockdown, um, or as our friend Maddie calls it, coronation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that term, coronation. It, it sounds like a beer party, you know, it doesn't sound like... Well, if anybody oh, could make it a beer so party, I, it'd be you and Larry. I them into a book and raise money for a local food bank. Awesome. So how long did it take you to either come up with the idea and, and from the time you said, you know what, this is what I need to do until you had this finished? Uh, what kind of a time frame that was involved? Because, you know, this is, again, you'd already written the blogs, I'm going to assume. Yeah. So there were about 30 and two a week. And I don't, you know, this is uh, kind of one of those organic things. I have a tendency to want to help. And there was nothing. I could do, except as my husband said, we all we could do was keep ourselves safe. That's all we could do. Um, and so it just came to me that in the end, that's what I could do to help. And what expedited both of these books is I used the same cover artist as I did for the last book. And it's so, so cute. Well, thank you. It's it also expedites the process because you work together. And, I mean, the cover for the winner's circle probably took several months, maybe three or four, back mm-hmm. and forth um, to get. And this one, two twice, because they have archived what my cover was for the winner's circle. So this one is just a single woman. It's just, it's just, it's so easy, not easy. It's expedited and facilitated because you've worked together before. So they know your taste. They know what you like. 
and that just facilitates it. Also, the formatter, I use the same book formatter for the inside as I did last time. And since you have a, a rhythm together um, and, and an understanding, it just makes it so much stressful. Yeah. And that's so do you, are you starting to um, take offers for book signings or is this, um, is this that a little bit premature for where you're at in the process of marketing and you know, getting that out? The, um, I think, let's say, let's see. Again, we've all been through a difficult three months. It's been difficult for almost every employee mm-hmm. person will say, and it's been very difficult for bookshops and for authors. So basically there haven't been book signings, and who knows if there will ever be again. The one that you were going to meet me in Huntington Beach at, at Mystery Inc., mm-hmm. that woman um, we all know, and she had had 32 book signings canceled. Wow. In the three-month period, and that was her first one. Holy cow. Well, Holy. that's telling. Yeah. Well, you just, the ramifications have been far-reaching and more hurtful than you even realize. It's just, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. So how I wonder it what God <laughs> Well, you know. You know, you always have such creative and fun ideas when I've seen you at events promoting your work. Um, If you are going to do something, have you thought about, you know, how you want to maybe market yourself differently if you're not going to be at appearing at a bunch of Barnes and Nobles around the country? Well, I'm on G-rated radio. Well, that is the best place for you to be, PJ. But, you know, outside of this glamorous hour, come on. Beam me up, Scotty. Okay, okay. Um, and I also have been uh, featured on somebody's blog. That's what people do now. Other bloggers have had one of those. So I'm doing pre-publicity that um, is, is all, it keeps me engaged because the books are not in my hands anymore. Right. You know, the covers improve, but the interior formatter is doing the work now. So, um that keeps me engaged. And, you know, we all like to just be in action. We're not sitters, you and me. No, no. No. Where that either. Was, yeah. So speaking of, of not sitting still, you, you and Larry have also been known to take some incredibly wild vacations together. Um, <laughs> in this last three months. The, and your in your Corona staycation, have you thought about what you would like to uh, uh, visit or go see next? Very good question. That's a good question. Um, we had uh, an actual trip February first. We went to a wedding in Michigan, where it was snowing, um, and we saw friends and family. So that's done. And honestly, it, this may sound strange. This may sound strange, but we are investing in our internal space, and we're helping the economy. We're getting new carpet, new blinds, um, just a bunch of things. The carpet we had all measured and had it ready to 
be installed in the two rooms we have in our house that are still have carpet, and then we had a quarantine. Mm-hmm. So it's just we're spreading our wings in a different way. And that really you know sometimes way. that's fun to you. Didn't you just remodel your? No, this is, this is so probably like two years ago. I apologize, but didn't you just remodel your kitchen? That was the kitchen. What was four years ago, Larry? Oh my gosh! Well, Three. see, that's, and then I, oh, yeah, you guys are always the, doing something. Master bathroom, and you know, <laughs> you get your you. annual project in and. And go from there. Now, what has Larry planted in the garden for the for the um, harvest this year? Oh, that's a good question. The tomatoes are ripe, and the green beans are ripe, and they're very good. There you go. Larry says it's the earliest ever. Well, because he, he we had, had lots rains, of time. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, we've had some rains. Well, thankfully, it's starting to, you know, be a little bit of summer. Have you had any rain in your neighborhood this week? We got some at the beach. Uh, it, it, we have like um, a ten-minute thing every morning because the, it's such it's such fog. What's and the, the June gloom? Has to fight to get yeah. to make an appearance every day. Mhm, mhm. Well, what another week or two. Though? Well, it's. It's usually cloudy and overcast. We've even had, uh, you know, three or four days in the last couple of weeks where it's been foggy. And it's like, well, you're not supposed to have fog in in May or June. Well, we do here. Um, Usually by end of June, first part of July, usually like right around the 4th of July, at least here, the, you know, morning overcast haze goes away and the sun comes up. But, you know, by July, it's nice by the time you get up to the time you go to bed. So um, I'm just trying to myself to stay up there's daylight so i'm used to in the in the winter time saying well it's you know i got home at seven o'clock it's i've fed the dogs it's time for bed you know that's such an you know the horrible thing to do but when you have sunshine and you're at the beach you should be outside well you know we don't believe in should now we don't do should well, but, you know, I, I hear what you're saying but i just have to interject this one thing that i'm thinking it's so good to get to talk to you. I know, right? I miss you guys so much. No kidding. It's like we miss the world. It is. You know, it, it's... Uh, see, here's what I don't... Uh, this is me. So maybe you can analyze me for a second here, PJ. If you ask me to get on the phone with you for an hour or just, you know, get on a phone call for five minutes, I would say, oh, PJ, we can't be friends because there's no way I'm going to talk to you on a phone. Um, but we do, you know, and I put it in, a, in this radio format and it's like, I can't wait to talk to PJ. Oh my God, we're going to talk for like, you know, almost an hour. It's going to be amazing. It's not the oddest well, thing. The bottom line is we can't wait to talk to each other because that's well, yeah. the thing. That's the good part. Yeah. You know, we can, we can text message and all that, but it's not the same. No, no, no. I need to hear PJ. You have a good radio voice. Well, I have a good microphone. That also helps. I'm in the process. Here's, you know, here's also what I was thinking of doing with the stimulus check until I decided to get Bill's teeth cleaned. I was very seriously considering spending all of it on new uh, equipment for the radio studio here. And you know, the equipment that I was looking at getting was recommended by people who actually do like professional radio and know how to do podcasts and make it sound like your favorite AM FM station or not AM, but you know, FM station. Um, and I said, you know, I, I'm just going to hold off on that. And the next thing I know I'm taking bill to the vet for, you know, 
unnecessary blood work and teeth. Isn't that silly? Yeah. Anyway, but that's not that's that's the stimulus check gone wrong. If we get another one, maybe I'll do it tonight. But I'll probably get some extra stuff for the dog's teeth. But anyway, this is about you today, not me. So, well, in your, I'm interested. Well, you I love know, your dogs. I I do love my dogs. They're the best dogs in the entire world. People say that you know their kids are the best or their pets are the best. Yeah, that's great. But I've got the best for me. You know, so they're they're very wonderful. But I, got I Eric, have the best dog. I have what, I have the best dog. I have Larry the big dog. Well, you've got the big dog. dog. So up. how did he? Okay, so do me a favor. You told me this story, but I don't remember it specifically because you refer to Larry all the time as Uncle Lair. Well, so we're back at the beer keg. Oh, so we're back at the beer keg. Okay, so we're going back in time again. And the host of the party said, "PJ, this is Uncle Lair," and I said, "Uncle Lair." And looked at him, and I, I just, I couldn't wrap my hand around that, so I just walked away. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> okay. But apparently okay. the deal is, here's the deal. Uncle Lair had a job. He had a job at the time, and he also was legal, so Uncle Lair could buy the beer. Oh. He also had um, two young nephews that some people had spent some time around. And they, of course, followed everything he said or did or gesture or anything. Uncle Larry, Uncle Larry, Uncle Larry. So everybody called him. Everybody in the crowd called him Uncle Larry. Okay. I, okay. I, that story just is so cute and endearing once again. But, um, yeah, that's – I've never had – you know, I've, any of the people that I know who are married have never referred to their spouse as uncle or, you know – Aunt PJ, it's no, it would just be PJ or my wife, you know, versus, you know, Uncle well, Lair. No, it's just, just because of that. And I mean, that really, everybody called it that. You know, yeah, so it, those, it was, those, the person yeah. at the party, everybody called it that, Uncle Lair. So that's so, how I was introduced, and that's how I know him. That's it. So after 44 years of marriage, did going, uh, you know, because again, when people get married, a lot of times you're wearing these glasses that are colored rose, and you think that life is going to be like this giant Disney fairy tale where you go off to the palace in the sky and that type of thing. What's maybe like one or two things that you realized, you know, during marriage, you're like, well, this was not what I expected, and maybe in, you know, maybe in a fun or you know, a neat way. That's a good question. We have we have um, an unusual key to happiness, Larry. Um, until about until he well, he was a traveling salesperson, so he was gone during the week. Like I say, forty forty weeks a year, he was gone from wow. Monday to Friday, and he'd come home, and it would be like a weekend day. Yay! Yay. <laughs> it's like a date. It was awesome. I mean, it's a. Oh, me. The other thing, um, you don't have the perspective, perhaps, that we do, but we're from the Midwest. And Larry particularly hated winter because mm-hmm. the leaves would be gone. I mean, everything's gray. Gray trees, gray sky. Gray everything and no color, and so we decided to move to California, 
a long time ago, and it was the best thing we ever did because people in California, they're sunshine, so people are happy all the time. It's true. It is true because it's such depression back there among mm-hmm. people, like six months a year, or you try to have yeah. weekend plans in the summer and it rains and it's humid and there's bugs and you're just, we got sick of that. So we used to come to California on vacation all the time and we just looked at each other and said, well, why don't we move there and go to uh, the Midwest? That's what we did. I love that. I love that. So we didn't, we didn't have jobs in those ourselves. We just did it. Wow. I was just going to ask that, you know, because you know, I came to California because I had a job that was nice enough to pay for my relocation. So they, you know, moved me out here and all of that. Um, and so I had a job out here. But did, did you have any trepidation about saying, you know what, I'm giving up all of the known for sunshine? No. Um, and then, so, no. So what did you do as your first job out here? Well, actually, I had a job offer. I uh, worked in the Irvine School District. Okay. So I had a job. Larry's the one who didn't. They, but the other uh, school district would never pay for your move. Never. Oh, you no, 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 make no. It the other thing is it cost a lot that, less then. So it just wasn't expensive as now. We, we didn't buy a house. Before Prop 13, it had already, I mean, it's just, it's, it's complicated, but it isn't because he and I are both the adventuring type. That's why we travel a lot. It just, mm-hmm. it keeps it fresh. It keeps it novel. It keeps it interesting for yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So That's outside of writing. like you, Mr. Garrett. Mm, well, you know, okay. So, okay. Back to you, though, PJ. Outside of writing okay. and traveling, what do you do for fun? That's a very good question. I would say exercise, but boy, I'll tell you, that has been one of the tough things for both of us is when our gym's closed, you know? You didn't get to, we don't have exercise equipment at home. I, I don't know. I, at least we got out and walked. We walked because, you know, those endorphins need prompting so we could walk yeah. here. We yep, didn't have yep. to schlep. Uh, I read a lot. Do you I have read genre? a lot. Uh Cheap books on Kindle sales. <laughs> Those are always nice. I just, finished, I just finished a book. Oh, my gosh. This is a book I could have written. The Book of Sarcasm. You, PJ, sarcastic? <laughs> Let, tongue in cheek. Tongue right. In cheek. Let's say it in a fonder, more appropriate manner. Okay, okay, okay. We'll bring it back down to that. So you do a lot of reading. Well, you know what? Um, I have to, I was, you were asking about the secret to happiness in marriage. Yeah. And I'll give you two. Okay, good. Two more. Neither of us takes ourselves seriously. Neither of us has to be right. We don't have to win. Um, and respect is key. Betsy, my God. You know, 
Those are We're like tips. Australians. I would love to live in Australia because they are cheeky. They don't take themselves seriously. I would love to go to Australia. Do you want to go? I'll I'll quit my job and you know I'll we can put the dogs in a carry on and uh, we can head on down and throw a shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> the the cover artist for the Winter Circle and the Jailbirds Jackpot, they're in Australia. Really? Oh my god! So fun working with them because I send them an email and then they're on different times. Yeah. So they they do it. And then next morning I have the product. It's just so fluid. I love how that works. Yeah, and it, where they... and, I, and I, my rep always says, no problem. I'll get the rebound. You know, it's just, I love no that. No problem. No problem no is the best answer ever. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, so what oh, part of you would say that. Was true. Yeah. Yeah. So what part of Australia are they in? Um, the jailbird jackpot people are in Michigan. The winter circle people never made it out of Sydney because the day they landed at the airport, um, and got to the hotel, the guys went out drinking and got into a bar fight with, um, a bunch of rugby players and they got in jail. Well, that's not they good. They didn't get to go anywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay, we're going to, I mean, you've got the jailbird jackpot. You've got your new book also, I Am a Quarantine Survivor. Both are available on your Amazon author page. I've got links to PJ's um, personal website and then also to her Amazon author page on the show page tonight. So if you would like to go, you know, support the cause, PJ and her husband um, would love your patronage. And she, um, of course, she's an indie author, so every book sale counts. And every yes, time you buy a book from an independent author, you are actually helping pay their rent, mortgage, put food on the table, gas in the car to come see you to sign the book that you've just bought. Oh. And I mean, that's, that's just a fact. It's the way that, you know, the world works that not everybody's a JK Rowling. So, um, you know, we really want to take an opportunity to recognize the fact that PJ does a lot in the community, um, helping others, uh, you know, all proceeds for, I am a quarantine survivor helping a local food bank, um, what are you working on next, PJ? I need to clarify that those two books aren't out until July. Yeah, well, July you know, this 1. is a sneak preview. We're, you know, we've got three more oh. weeks. So you are everybody. You're okay. hearing it here first as a world premiere sneak preview exclusive. I am kind of excited about the um, opportunity to um, raise funds for it's actually second harvest here in Irvine. I'm, I'm really kind of excited for that what am I doing until then um, I'm finalizing with um, the publisher finalizing the publishing of those books and probably seeking other op- opportunities to um, publicize because it's a brave new world of getting that done it really is No, nobody much knows <laughs> how to manage this field this I mean, Really, they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so that is I, one of the, know, the struggles. But, you know, we'll, we'll think of something. Yeah, yeah. So are yeah. you? have you given thought to like a new book series or what you're going to sit down on the computer and write next? No, because I still have to finish these. Okay. And um, 
I am a quarantine survivor was a surprise. It was that um, I'm following a why not, a why not impulse. So what I'm doing now is simultaneously handling the publishing process for two books and trying desperately not to get them confused. So um, that, that so, takes up a lot of brain cells. Yeah, well, creatively, then you're still invested here. You know, I, I'm kind of the same way if I'm, you know, neck deep in something, that's all the focus I'm going to do. But the second I'm done with it, I'm on to the next thing. I think we share that a little bit, PJ. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the, and after it's published, then a whole nother level of marketing. Things probably will be back online. Yeah. Um, I probably will sign up for a blog tour service that you know promises to get you out of a whole bunch of um, to a whole bunch of people. There's something called Book Sprout. I mean, they're all kind of online services that make the promises, and I think that's what's going to happen instead of personal experiences. I mean, the whole book signing thing may be gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we're all going to feel skittish about the distance. I think I think that's going to hang with us for a long time. It's kind of yeah. buried in your cells, I think. I don't know. But there's a lot online, more than there ever was. Yeah. So much can be done. Well, I'll I think, be doing that. Yeah, well, you are always leading the way in doing something new and exciting. So I know that anytime yeah. I want to figure out what's going to happen, you know, from a sales perspective, I'm looking at you, what your um, example is, is leading with first. And I think that is, um, you know, it's something a lot of folks should take a look at. But, PJ, we've got a, about a minute and a half left. Is there any, um, anything else you would like to, you know, say, comment, um, share with the world while we've got you live and in Technicolor on a Saturday night on Rated G Radio? <laughs> you know, I'm pretty excited to get to use this gift. Um, I honestly and I, I know it's genetic. I've had time to think about it because ever since I've ever known, I could just write I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to process it. I'm the person that you hated in college because I just kind of walk around for a couple of weeks thinking subconsciously, and then I'd write the paper and I'd get an A. I am that person, and and I'm not saying that to brag. It's just the way I'm wired, and I get that Mm -hmm. from my mother. My mother was a 50s mom who would have loved to be, uh, she was an English baby, Major, and she could have written, but you can't when you are a stay-at-home mom with four children. You're not allowed. Right, and right. I, I get, I get the smart ass from my dad totally. So those didn't originate, originate with me. I honor my heritage, and I have to tell you that feels very satisfying. They both passed away, but I'm, I'm, I'm living, I'm living my mother's life if she had had a choice, mm. and that mm. feels like an honor. It does. It feels like an honor. What a privilege. She me. Yeah. It is. And my dad it, is not alive either. But he would he would be so proud of me a long time ago. He said to me, you should write a book. And that's when I was, you know, a big time speech pathologist in private practice. And he didn't understand what the heck it was. And I was making a whole lot of money. And 
he couldn't <laughs> connect with that. But a book he could, uh-huh. and why didn't I write a book? But I don't think he met <laughs> for me to write smart-ass books. I don't think that was what he meant. Well, you know, I, I, your style of writing, though, really is quite engaging. And if, you, if you're listening out Thank there you. in the world, PJ has a whole series of books. Um, her latest is The Jailbird Jackpot, which is coming out in July. JJJJJ. Um, so, again, her website is pjocolando.com. There's a link on the show page. And if you click on either of the book titles, Jailbird Jackpot or I Am a Quarantine Survivor, it'll take you to PJ's author page on Amazon. Please go support the cause. Um, you know, and if you don't, if you're not able to support it or whatever, share the post or share the show and maybe um, let your friends know as well that you, there's a great talent out there by the name of PJ Colando. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show tonight, PJ. Thank uh, you. Big hug to your husband. And then, um, you know, you. I, I know sometime very soon the quarantine is going to be over and I can come give you a hug. So I'll come see you then. I can't wait. I can't Thanks. wait to hug again. Thanks, my dear. Thank you, Garrett. You're welcome. Have a great night. And so for everybody, again, PJ Colando, she is um, a local celebrity right down here in our very own Orange County. If you have a chance to go read her books, please do. Um, We're going to be back um, next Saturday with another show. Also coming up on the 20th, we have um, from Alaska, we have Stephanie Gerard. She'll be on the show with us and taking your calls as a uh, healer and intuitive and uh, chakra, all, all the good stuff you drink the Kool-Aid for. She's going to be on our show. She'll take some of your calls as well. Um, lots of new things that are coming up, new guests. Um, we'll have repeat guests. Uh, everybody's already been asking for Rebecca to come back on the show, so we'll be doing that. If you have a Saturday night secret that you would like to share, I'm going to encourage you to uh, private message me on the Rated G Radio Facebook page. And if you have um, you know, things you'd like to ask, you can do it there as well. And we'll all continue with the segment of Ask Me Anything. Um, even if I don't like the question, I'll answer it because that's part of the fun. Um, really super cool to be doing the show with you again, everybody. So if you have uh, show ideas, guests you'd like to hear from, that type of thing, let me know. Again, once a week kind of limits what, how, what and how much and all of that. But um, if it's interesting to you, I would love to learn about um, you know your friends, your artists, your people that you know about in your life, and we'll do that. So until next week, it's been uh, my pleasure to be with you. Be well, be safe, be washing your hands, and you have been... You've been listening to Rated G Radio.